2: Right, hello, and welcome back to this week's Must Hear Music podcast—the uh, very exciting one we've got ahead. I'd like to say I'm sitting here
3: with Jason Lipschitz. Hey, man, I'm like the least exciting part of this. I know. E- I wanted this to get week's I wanted to get hear. you out of the way before right, we get good. to the goods.
2: And we're also sitting here with Katie Atkinson, who is uh, Billboard's West Coast editor. We don't get to work with Katie that much, and we that finally West Coast, met her. Coast feud, yeah. yeah. West Coast East Coast Beef. <laughs> uh, we're going to try to put that aside for the sake of the music. Um, we don't get to work with her in person that much. We finally do this week, and we're also sitting here podcasting with yes,
3: her. Yes, yes. podcast.
0: Hello, everyone. Yeah, visiting from the LA office for a week. It's been delightful putting names to faces. Mm-hmm. And, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. It's great to have
3: you is here. Is this the, fir- the when is this, this isn't your first time in New York, right?
0: It's not. It's my second time ever oh, okay. though. Oh, so okay, yeah, cool. it's I've I'm very unfamiliar with the city, so I'm learning. There I was you thinking
2: go. We should have like them edit Taylor Swift's "Welcome to New yeah. York" into this, but that's probably too much work it's for been them. Been waiting for you. The so taxi you already played that for yeah. me. Oh, really? uh, yeah. Oh when you come
0: from goodness. the airport and they I have know. the little screens on the back, it was playing "Welcome to oh New York" on repeat. So there you go.
3: I guess that's kind of cute. I don't know. I thought it was cute. What do you think, As an about an outsider? That she's going to be getting those, and we talked about this. But she's going to be getting those romantic comedy checks for the next five years based yes. on that song. So true. This is true. All
2: right. Well, let's let's get into the first song. Uh, so this is a Katie Pick. It is Lana Del Rey's new song and it is called Big Eyes, um, which is the name of the Tim Burton movie it's coming to. So, uh, before we talk about it, a little bit of background, Tim Burton for the first time, I think since Big Fish, is making a movie that's not about Johnny Depp doing <laughs> wacky shit with CGI creatures. Um That's not true. I mean Sweeney is he, Todd has he done anything I guess is a little more God, substantial, they, but this, I'm yes, look him up this on is IMDb. the first like real film that Tim Burton has kind of made in a long time. Um, But anyways, it's a really interesting story. If you're unfamiliar, there's this uh, artist, Margaret Keane from the 50s and 60s, who did these uh, weird drawings of, like, kids with huge doe eyes. And her husband, you know, being kind of uh, not the most equal time for the genders, her husband... Basically duped her into being like, oh, no one will take art from a wim up from a woman. We have to pretend like I'm the artist behind these bizarre drawings. Yeah. So he kind of screwed her out of a lot of money. Um, if you're unfamiliar with her work, you've definitely seen uh, its inspiration, or re- not its inspiration, but its children, the Powerpuff Girls, um, are very much like just taken. Or
0: any Tim Burton movie, or really. any Tim Burton,
2: <laughs> or any anime, really. Like, but the Powerpuff Girls were very specifically kind of modeled on her drawings. Um, so that's a lot about the movie. It's Amy Adams and Christopher Waltz. It looks awesome. Um,
3: God, you really are right. I'm looking at his IMDb now. He really like since Big Fish, which came out in 2003, and is a great movie. It's such like, a, good it's a movie. great movie. I love movie. that movie. He's made Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows, and I guess Frank and Weenie. I don't know if he direct. I guess he directed Frank and Weenie, I don't but know if he- I didn't see that but one. All up to big eyes. So, like, he's only... He's been like, let's take this decade to make not very good shit with Johnny Depp starring his stuff.
2: Johnny Depp starring computers.
0: Which is crazy because the way his career started was, like, so original. And then went into
2: doing all these. Yeah, I mean, Beetlejuice is still, like, one of my favorite movies. I did... God, I feel like we're just talking about movies. (laughs) Yeah, must hear movies. I did recently (laughs) rewatch the Batman that he did. Mm. I have to say... Pretty hokey. Yeah. Oh, and the for scene sure. where Jack Nicholson is dancing to Prince while ruining art is Aww. probably one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Yeah, like <laughs> Jack Nicholson <laughs> funk dancing. He looks like do you remember that part in The Simpsons when Mo teaches uh, like funk dancing for self defense or something like that? <laughs> That's what Jack Nicholson looks like dancing <laughs> to Prince. But okay, so let's let's get back to Lana Del Rey. Um, so the song's called Big Eyes. Uh, Katie, why why did you pick it? What what do you think about it?
0: Well, um, First of all, I think it is a very Lana Del Rey, Lana Del Rey song, but it's also a very Tim Burton, Lana Del Rey song. It sounds like it's going to fit perfectly with the movie. And it's like kind of creepy sounding. And it actually kind of, the song itself reminded me of the, um, the Gary Jules version of Mad World that was in Donnie Darko. Just like the yeah. instrumentation and the vibe of it. And so I like it. It's a great song. And I also think it probably will win her an Oscar or get her an Oscar really? nod after she got totally there. dissed for um, the Great Gatsby song. Right. Yeah, uh, beautiful. Yeah. So I think that this is, this is her, her chance, her big chance.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I always go so back and forth on Lana Del Rey. It's, I think she might be the one artist I'm most torn about. And because I hear I heard this song like and, and I've I've enjoyed ultraviolence. I remember when West Coast came out, I was like, man, this is all right. It's time for Lana Del Rey to become a star. And I feel like now she is a star. I'm not really behind the song. It's a little bit kind of, it's a little bit plodding. It's a little bit of the, the slower. It's almost like a dirge in the way that uh, young and beautiful was kind of a dirge. And I know people really like that song from the great Gatsby. I I have a hard time wrapping my head around this song and really getting into it in the same way that, you know, you hear of something like, you know, Blue Jeans or Summertime Sadness and, and then West Coast. I, I don't know. It's just, it, it seems kind of like a soundtrack song. It instead does. of a instead of a like a proper awesome Lana Del Rey single, but that, yeah, that's my take the on the it. The
2: strings sound very made for a movie. Totally, like in the piano it it sounds like you can just imagine like someone in some heart wrenching scene. It's, it's not exactly, like, the most, like, it's not a fun single. Yeah. Like, it's not a West But maybe,
0: Coast maybe it could get the Summertime <laughs> Sadness treatment and have, like, Where is Phoenix.
3: Cedric Gervais? Where <laughs> is radio. he at?
0: Have radio life. Because I don't think, as it is now, it's going
2: to get played right. on the radio. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, and I have to say, I do like it. And I agree with Jason. Like, I don't like it as much as stuff I do love from her but the lyric it's just so like fitting for the subject matter and for her that she's singing with your big eyes and your big lies like that's just like oh, the most yeah. lana del rey <laughs> lyric
3: yeah big yeah, eyes it's and true. big lies man her and tim burton is like is like the perfect pairing too i'm re- i'm really happy that lana del rey is just owning that soundtrack lane like she's like yeah maleficent let's do it mm-hmm. yeah Big Eyes, let's go. Like that's yeah, yeah, she's just all about that life and it, and her music is so cinematic yeah. that it just makes total sense. I love it. Yeah.
0: I think for being like a relatively new artist, she has like such a signature sound already yes, too. Definitely. Like you knew when you hear it, it's like mm-hmm. so Lana Del Rey, even though it's also totally. very cinema. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, let, let's listen to it. So this is Lana Del Rey, Big Eyes, and it's from the upcoming movie Big Eyes.
3: With your big eyes
2: Ana Del Rey, Big Eyes. Uh, next up is one of my picks. This is a K. Michelle song. It is from her new album. The album's called Anybody Want to Buy a Heart? Question um, uh, mark.
3: Anyways, I, I pick- the name of my memoir as well. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, so I picked the last song in the album. I was actually first going to pick um, this song where she talks about wanting to date Drake and how Drake and her would win Grammys and he'd be the best boyfriend ever. And it's it's a really fun and kind of like winking self-aware song. Uh, but then I heard the last song on the album, which is called God, I Get It, and I was just knocked out by how bizarre it is. Like, this is, like, you really could imagine Taylor Swift singing this, like, two albums ago. Um, and I listened to it a few times, and, I mean, there's, there's a damn sly guitar. Like, this is basically a country <laughs> song. And it re- reminded me of what uh, one of our coworkers, Elias, wrote about a while ago. He was writing how there is a lot of country R&B crossover this year with Jason Aldean on Burning It Up and Sam Hunt has a song with yeah. some R&B influences. And this is kind of the opposite. This is a R and b singer essentially just doing a straight country song. And I was reading what other people were saying about it. And it was interesting, just all these reviewers who see her in an R&B lane totally unwilling to even like acknowledge it as country they were trying like stretching to be like oh it has a blues influence it's blues rock and it's like this is this is not blues rock guys <laughs> like this is an r&b singer singing a country song and it's great uh wh- what do you guys think of it
3: i agree with you that it does kind of blur those lines a little bit shout out to robin thick <laughs> i think that <laughs> i i hope katie you're just getting like this wacky <laughs> this is just me all the time <laughs> i just
0: Like
4: <laughs> this is why I'm here, hash- to, to
3: get hashtag this. Hashtag rapping on the <laughs> Must Hear Music podcast. Yeah, I mean, K. Michelle, it's funny because she has worked so hard over the course of her career to not be boxed into the contemporary adult-leaning R&B sound. And though that that's still kind of her lane, she does so many things to get out of it. And that you, if you actually sit down and listen to these songs... They don't belong in that kind of conversation of like El Varner mm-hmm. or Fantasia or any artist like that, even Jasmine Sullivan. She does so many different things. And from the get-go, I could always tell that like she she's so hungry to to achieve more. And I, I hope that this project I mean this song is just symbolic of that, is that I, I hope that this project kind of pushes her forward a little bit because I think it is worthy of having some listeners and 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 just not in the the core field i should say there's been a lot of really interesting r&b projects this year i mean we haven't really talked about them that much on this show because you know i guess it's more erica's mm-hmm. you know when erica's on the show we hit but last week we got into Tanache, but if you think about like Tony Braxton and Babyface. Like, mm-hmm. that that's an awesome album. We, we had Mary J. Blige on on our cover. Like, there are some veteran R&B artists doing really interesting things, and I would definitely count Elle Varner as one of them.
0: Um, I did not love this song. Oh, oh nah. sorry. I thought it – well, once you said the Taylor Swift thing, I, like, couldn't unhear that right. when I was listening. <laughs> and I actually thought it even sounded like something from maybe, like, the early 90s where yes. um, I thought of, like, Amy Grant – and I, <laughs> I, I see that, but I kind of wow. like that. Well, so, like, I, you know, I really loved that album in third grade. I was really into the Amy Grant album. And then it also, like, then that sent me down a path to, like, That Vanessa Williams album with, like, um, Save the Best for Last. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I could actually see (laughs) this song being on, like, a circa 1990 Vanessa Williams album. So, therefore, it kind of, like, leads back to an R&B-esque thing. But um, K. Michelle's voice is, like, the only thing that saves this from being entirely cheesy. But I think if you put another singer, like, on it right now, a country singer, it, it would just not be a good song. I think that's kind of... What I felt. Sorry, everybody. I think think that's (laughs) fair. I I
2: would say that I guess part of what really drew me to it is that listening to it in the context of the whole album, I was just like pleasantly shocked, you know, like how willing she is to kind of throw herself in a different lane. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to stand by the song. (laughs) We will allow you not to you won't be asked back but uh, like, wow uh, I, I came Holy all the way from LA just crap. to fight with you yeah, and uh, exactly. make enemies came halfway, <laughs> uh, all the way across Flew the country across the just country. to fight <laughs> um but anyways let's listen to it it's k Michelle song is called god i get Whoa. it Michelle, Next up, we have a Jason pick. It is yeah. Shy Girls. The song is Renegade. Um, and before I toss it to Jason, I just want to say Shy Girls is not a, a duo or group. It's just one guy. Yep. And he's basically the White The Weekend. Is what oh. I would. Mean. He's from Portland. I think that is oh, totally
3: fair. Guys. He sounds I so much down like The Weekend. The, the weekend right here. Oh guys, house. come on. All right. Well, now, now you can <laughs> see. This. Here's the. Th- I guess I uh, I bristle at that comparison because the weekend sings about pleasure and ecstasy and pills and crazy sex and <laughs> feeling alone and out of all of those things shy girls only sings about feeling alone and shy girls is he does sing about on this song though. he does so that's I the I thing have to sense
2: explicit we'll have to mark this podcast holy explicit. Moly,
3: man
0: what's gotten into you <laughs> what is this like he's directly quoting i am shy girls. directly <laughs> quoting he
3: uses that term my goodness <laughs> is this is like hbo after dark is that <laughs> what's going on I, i'm taking off my top <laughs> in a second um <laughs> <laughs> no so yeah so one of the things about this song shy girls is an artist i really really like and he had a song he had an ep in 2013 called timeshare and it was six songs. It was all fantastic. Uh, the best song was second Heartbeat," one of my favorite singles of 2013. Yeah, he is more of the minimalist R&B kind of variety. Very, you know, gentle uh, vocals, kind of in that PBR&B uh, makeup that people like to. Uh, you know classify with the weekend of course all right <laughs> fine I said voice, it
2: his voice does have that similar timber it right. does
3: it does but at, at the same time I just think that he covers a lot more ground than the weekend I I, I think that I mean he's just starting out but I, I remember I, I saw him at Lollapalooza in a in a crowd that was way too small and he finished with a cover of Brandy sitting up in my room, and it was awesome. Oh, and that I was, sounds
0: incredible. Yeah, it was great.
3: It was awesome. Is that
0: on YouTube? It is on YouTube. I need to go YouTube. watch that right yeah, now. Think,
3: yeah. Okay. So anyway, so I am i was really anxious to hear what he had next. He has a new single called Renegade. And as Joe explicitly alluded to, it is is—it uh, <laughs> is definitely more aggressive, uh, but in a way that I appreciate. I think that this is kind of what you want in terms of that happy media of switching up a sound, but also kind of staying true to yourself and true to your assets. I think that he does things on this song and it's just it kind of pushes him forward he's sneering a little bit he's dropping f-bombs just like joe did (laughs) he's but it's at this but in at the same way on on the same wavelength of his earlier stuff of you know he's he's using the same colors to kind of paint a different portrait i would i would describe it like that so i i love this song shy girls forever
0: I, I liked the song, but I also immediately got the weekend comparison. Okay, that's fair. Hey. And I mean and then which also led me to kind of a Drake when Drake sings thing yep. as well. And also just the confessional vibe of the whole thing also made me think of the weekend, but I liked the song. i I don't think it's derivative or anything. Yeah, that's fine. And that's um fair. I, but I especially liked the parts like the chorus when the beat kicked in, probably preferred that to the kind of spare thing with the verses. Yeah. And I don't know any of his other music so i don't know if that's like which he typically leans toward yeah out of that whether it's, it's more beat driven or it's more, more beat driven okay. yeah
3: so you can you can see it yeah like in the same way that sometimes in earlier songs he would kind of coast along with these beats this time he's like he's letting it drop in and and really get that kind of tension in there so,
0: But I appreciate your introducing me to yeah. Shy Girls because I was not aware of him. And also, I'm going to immediately go watch the Brandy sitting up in my room cover when I get back so to my desk good. because that's incredible. Yeah, your enthusiasm is selling me on Shy Girls.
3: <laughs> yeah, see, more, that's what must-hear music's um, all about. That's true.
2: And, and I did notice, and I wrote this down because I loved the lyric. He says, "Show me to your bed like an usher to the altar." Yep. I always like that combine, like that Madonna combining of the sacred and profane. Yeah. It There's also made me think about usher about though, the artist, when I heard You're that line. Actually, <laughs> you were thinking he actually meant like, <laughs> right. like usher. Like usher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe like movie theater usher. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Probably not. But uh, l- let's listen to it. So we've got shy girls. Song is called
4: Renegade. <laughs>
2: That was Shy Girls Renegade. Uh, next up, we have a real country song, not just a sort of country song. We have Carrie Underwood, Little Toy Guns. This is one of two new songs that she's put out on her album that just came out this week, called Greatest Hits, Decade Number One. Uh, before I toss it to Katie, because this is her pick, I just when I saw that title. It reminded me, and Carrie Underwood is incredibly talented. And you can just just listening to it, you're like, even on material that isn't great, she has a really strong voice and a real great sense of melody. Um, and I see the greatest hits decade number one. And I'm like, there will absolutely be a decade too. Like you saw when Backstreets, I think they had an album that was like the hits volume one. You were like, come on guys, like that's <laughs> yeah. this is there will be no volume. We're getting two. ahead of ourselves. Aww. Backstreet, and if it is, <laughs> it'll have like everything that was on that one that you've never heard of songs. yeah so but anyways na- cheap <laughs> like, shot man was cheap shot that was a cheap shot back street but uh so anyways katie what do you what do you think about this one
0: well first and foremost i really wanted to bring a country song to the mix because i feel like i'm one of the only people on staff who like earnestly loves country music other than chuck and yeah. who i edit his stuff all the shout time out to Chuck. um shout out to chuck Dauphin. but um uh this song uh seemed like a good fit because it it is a it's just a solid Carrie Underwood song it's not the greatest thing that ever happened and I think that's probably why it was tossed on this greatest hits collection as opposed to being a single on a you know upcoming album and it actually reminded me a lot of um blown away which I don't know if you remember that song but it was similarly about kind of domestic violence and family trouble and and i think it it makes me think that little toy guns might have been recorded in the same era and like blown away one and got to be on the album and and little toy guns went off to the side cuz they're like we can't have two songs that are sad family <laughs> songs on on the album and um but i feel like with how well something in the water has been doing that this actually could get a legit single release and and become like you know two gigantic singles to go on volume Mm -hmm. two of the greatest hits collection um, because it's a total classic Carrie Underwood song and it would get so much play on country radio. And so as far as the little toy guns metaphor goes, it's a little interesting. (laughs) Yeah. It was, that
2: was the thing that
0: kind of, it was like,
2: so the words she wishes are like, guns because how little toy guns don't don't hurt you. actually
0: hurt people but why well, do they like, have to be a weapon at all I, that's
2: kind of what i was thinking like what does it have to do with guns in the first or like, toys why can't
0: the they first? be like I an apple know. or something <laughs> why does it have to be a fake gun yeah. um, and she's actually talked a lot about this song because people right when the when the track list was released, people started asking her about the song title. Is it about guns, gun control, all this? And she's like, no, 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 no. It has nothing to do with anything about like actual guns. It's just a metaphor. It's just a metaphor. But it's kind of a dumb metaphor. <laughs> so I love it. I like, I like it, and I think it would be a hit. But yeah.
3: <laughs> hey, man. Um, so I thought you were going to... I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say something. Yeah, I, I think... You know, I don't really have much to add I'm not a huge Carrie Underwood fan, but I feel like she does on this song and and her other songs, uh, especially recently, like, Blown Away, um, she makes things look so easy that it's almost deceptive to be like, ah, well, this is kind of like, you know, this is what she's always done, and this is kind of, you know, simple. She does so many things so effortlessly that it's easy to dismiss her, but you know I, I i and i don't think this is her greatest achievement mm-hmm. and it is like you said kind of a song that deserves to be on a greatest hits compilation instead of like a first single mm-hmm. but i think that it's still worth listening to i i still think that Carrie Underwood is so talented and and she she does things with country pop music that like female artists, female songwriters wish they could accomplish just that just that attitude, just the inflection inflections on every syllable. I, I just her uh, voice
0: is just so good. Yeah, it's, so it's good. great.
3: I mean, you know, American Idol. There you go. <laughs> she
2: is like the one well not the one, multiple. Come but she's on. one the of the best one. Come on, Ruben. One you're right, Ruben's <laughs> But um yeah, I mean I, I also don't have much to add other than kind of piggybacking on what you're saying. it, it did strike me that this is you know silly metaphor aside like it is still it's a song about something like it has some substance to it and you know how often do you get a female pop singer where the song comes out where they're actually kind of addressing a real issue so it's great that she's you know doing this and i agree with katie like something in the water hit number one i think based on that alone like this could kind of slip into the top 10 possibly so let's listen to it it's carrie underwood little toy gun like a little
4: toy yes. No sting, no hurt, no one. Just a bang, bang Roll it off your tongue Yeah No smoke, no bullets No shot from the
1: trigger when you're pulling No pain, no damage done little toy That
2: was Barry Underwood. Uh, next and last, we have Of Montreal. This is one of my picks. Uh, the song is called Bassem Sabri, and it's it's kind of a strange genesis for well, first off, uh, of Montreal announced they have a new album coming out next year. Um, it's called "Oriat Gloom." This song is named after an Egyptian journalist who recently died, who was famous for covering the Egyptian Revolution. Um, why it's named after him is is sort of unclear, and you know maybe doesn't have that much to do with the actual song because the song itself sounds very much inspired by. Um, Daft Punk's kind of recent resurgence of disco funk music uh, with Nile Rodgers. There's a real nice, like, funky guitar riff in this, and then it kind of devolves, you know, because Of Montreal is a very eclectic band. It starts out that way then kind of devolves into a weird art rock theatricality. Um, if anyone's familiar with the duo Sparks from the 70s, it reminds me a yeah. lot of their stuff. Um, and a lot of people find that grating because it, it is kind of a... But, you know, it, it's a lot of time art pop that puts uh the artiness before the melody um but anyway so it's a new of montreal song i'm always curious to see what they have going on katie and i were talking before this podcast just such a sensational live show like the guy is just a force of nature to witness on stage so even when like i didn't really care for the album that they came out with i think in 2013 regardless i always love seeing them live um, and the great thing about them is that, you know, there's the saying like, oh, if you don't like the we- I forget which state it is. They're like, if you don't like the weather, stick around five minutes. Like with of Montreal, it's like, if you don't like the sound, like <laughs> wait 30 seconds and huh. it'll totally change. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what do you guys think of it? Go ahead. Go um, ahead. Katie yeah,
0: I saw them warm up for Grace Jones actually, oh, which was like oh, wow. the coolest duo ever or the most perfect just in the weirdness factor and. Um, the theatricality, um, and really I'd, I had known about them before that, but that really won me over. Um, and this song is super fun, and I totally had the same disco vibe that you did, and um, I loved it. And I think that they're just like, I like to, you know, they keep their freak flag flying. It makes me happy. Um, so it's, it's just a good, fun, listenable song.
3: Yeah, so I'm going to out myself. <laughs> I'm going to do it right here on a podcast. I'm going to out myself as the laziest of Montreal fan of all time. <laughs> here's Meaning? What I, here's what I mean by that. Um, in 2007, Pitchfork went crazy over of Montreal's album, Hissing Fauna, Are You the Destroyer? Now, they had put out a bunch of albums before that. I did not care about any of the albums before that. Cherry Peel,
2: I just want to briefly say, is a genius album. I'll go to bat for that. Hey, I, I believe you. <laughs> oh,
3: okay. Um, I, so I was like, ah, best new music. Eh? And this was when I was in college and I was very like – all in on indie rock and I would just listen to like block party every day and stuff like that. And I so I listened to this Hissing Fauna Are You the Destroyer. I was like, oh, this is a really good album. Yeah, I enjoy this. Um and then that was it. That was it. (laughs) They never they never (laughs) got like any more (laughs) best music. Um and it's not that I did not I I, and I say that half jokingly that like because Pitchfork didn't like Mm -hmm. any of their like uh, following albums, I didn't pay attention. Like, I say that half jokingly because, like, it also, I've never really gotten on board with them in, in terms of, like, really being passionate about their sound or their stage production. Yeah, I remember seeing them at a festival, and where you guys love their stage show, I just can't get behind it at all. I just find it very distracting. And I actually saw them when they were on tour supporting Hiss- Hissing Fauna, and I was, like, really bummed because I was like, oh, man, I really like these songs. And they're like, Sort of playing them, but also like there's a big like garbage monster on stage, like Mm -hmm, devouring people. And I was like, ah, that's like that's fine, but I also like enjoy when they just play the songs. Anyway, so yes, I'm an old man, and I'm also a very lazy of Montreal fan. Circling all the way back to this song, very charming song of Montreal. Still, like if if you asked me like what of Montreal was up to in 2014, this is this is what I would approximate. I think that they're they're keeping on keeping on as Katie said they're still letting their freak flag fly. That's hard to say by the way it is <laughs> I'm glad and, I got that out and I just and you know I can't muster and you know again I'm not I'm not saying that like if Pitchfork gave this new album like a 9.5 I would I would still care I would just because I'm just not in on of uh, Montreal anymore. <laughs> but people love them. Joe. You look like you love them.
2: I you know that's I actually sort of agree with what you're saying in a lot of ways. Like I think since Hissing Fauna and I have kept up with their albums and I like them a lot, but it, they they definitely their albums are all grab bags. Like Skeletal Lamping was the next one, which I think half was great, half I just didn't care about. Uh, the last one, Lousy with Sylvan Brier. I don't even know how that's pronounced, was just like, again, like sort of interesting mining of 70s sounds, but sort of just not the kind of thing you really return to that often. So uh, you might be right to just occasionally <laughs> check in with them. Yeah, that's exactly But that. for so, I think for me, someone who at one point did really like them, um, yeah. this is like a really promising song from a new it's album. It's just that
3: thing where it, you get like a, an album gets a lot of like acclaim and then you you check out that album and you really like it and you want to follow that band some more it kind of had the opposite effect for me where it was like i i checked out that album i was like oh yeah i really like this but i had no inclination to follow them more just because of like you know the style and the stage show and it just seemed like kind of one of those projects that was that was very interesting and very good but just the band itself wasn't for me so
2: think that's fair but um I, I would say if you know if, if those uh, the follow-up albums didn't do anything for you digging back might be the way to go because the first album cherry peel is just like real sparse like indie bedroom stuff really it's, it's almost See, just I had no cute. Idea. like it's a really cute album
0: um yeah, I would, I would say check it out I think and you should do a classic track by track on oh. it I don't really want to <laughs> do that but You're like, never uh, I, I did
2: one for <laughs> Abbey Road and I think that was the most stress I've ever oh had writing anything in my life of course that is for like a Beatles album <laughs> yes but
0: fewer people might read your Of Montreal <laughs> classic yeah, track by, by track yeah I think that might be
2: slightly less interesting <laughs> um, but anyways let's listen to it so this is Of Montreal Bassam Sabre I
0: never okay. fall-
2: Was of montreal uh next up we have twin shadow turn me up and this is a jason pick um yeah let's so this is jason he this is also another guy who just announced uh, a
3: new album coming up in 2015 yes eclipse um it is coming out march 17th nice and kind of the exact opposite effect with of montreal where twin shadow in 2012 Mm -hmm. put out confess and no, that was his second album. It, he put out "Forget" and then he put out "Confess." And for I, yeah "Confess" that was the one that came out in two thousand twelve. Absolutely love that album. It, that album is tremendous. And I wasn't a, a huge fan of of his first album, "Forget." Um, you know, name pun not intended, I guess. Yeah. Forget, but confess with run my heart and five seconds and all these songs that were so good of just like these shimmery classic rock songs. And because that project just affected me so much now I'm, I'm all in on twin shadow and I can't wait to see what he does next. Uh, George Lewis is the guy it's twin shadow, um, the mastermind and um, yeah, turn me up is, is I, I heard this song for the first time a couple days ago and I was just really pleased with what I heard and there i there's not even really that much to say about this song other than he's still doing what he does best, which is make music where you where you can picture someone like slowly removing a jacket like that like if seriously if like listen to this song and i in the video he slowly Coming removes a, a jacket in, film and new yeah new. in slow motion he removes a jacket and it's just like very like you know very sensual rock music and He's still dealing with these huge choruses that get stuck in your head, and just this little pained voice that gets bigger and bigger as the song goes along. I, I love what Twin Shadows is doing right now, and I, I can't wait to hear more. For those who haven't checked him out, I mean, just check out Five Seconds. Just YouTube at Five Seconds, and that that was one of the singles from his first out or from his last album, Confess and uh, yeah i mean get on board because march is going to come around this guy is he's i feel like he's getting in that like saint vincent sweet spot of just mm-hmm. gathering critical acclaim until right. you get to that one part where it just kind of spills over yeah so yeah i
2: have to say i'm uh, i hear what you're saying oh, and i i oh feel no. like <laughs> i'm a, oh my god i'm on the point is it where because like,
3: i did saint vincent last <laughs> yeah. week yes is this is totally on?
2: because this of uh, saint vincent no i I agree with you I really didn't the first one forget I didn't care for a ton and yeah. I wasn't won over by the next one but I'm definitely interested like in like with this I hear it and there's a lot going on it's inventive song um, it this definitely seems more accessible than the yeah. last album so I'm, I'm really curious like that when the album comes out I will listen to it but I'm definitely on that point where I'm just I'm not sure if I dig the sound like I'm just not sure if it's for me yeah, there are things I like about it, but something just isn't like clicking. Yeah. Um and I think yeah, with with forget it was exactly what you were saying with the pun, like it just didn't stick with me, like yeah. but but like you said the the song, there are a couple songs on the second one that really were fantastic. So I, I will, I mean, I'll listen to the whole thing a few times. I'll give it a fair shot. Man, shake.
3: I just want to listen to Confess Again. I haven't listened to that album in a minute, and there are so many good songs on that album. I remember that was, I think, my number two album of that year behind Kendrick and I was just that was all in. Channel orange too, which liked probably it more number I liked, I liked well, it that's, more that's than Channel heresy. Orange. That's crazy. <laughs> we're going to talk about, at some point, Joe, probably not on this podcast, how I, we're going to have a discussion where I try to convince you that Nostalgia Ultra is better than Channel Orange.
2: That can never be true because it samples <laughs> Hotel California, and Eagles an the, yes, no, the Eagles are the worst thing to ever happen. No, the Eagles, Oh, my God. Get on board. stand on on anything to do with that song. All right. So, anyways... Anyway, Katie. Um, he made Katie. Hotel
0: California an amazing song. Yes, he <laughs> did.
2: Not possible.
0: <laughs> um, I'm hoping I don't offend Jason with <laughs> this next comparison because he did not care for the weekend slash shy girls comparison but the first thing i thought of when i listened to this song was um disclosure which oh is cool weird, all right yeah i mean like it, because obviously it's more of a like a rock oh, thing than love
3: to hear a disclosure twin shadow song well there that you go awesome. so
0: it, like i i thought of um i thought of latch and i thought that's kind of the same vibe which made me think that this song could be on radio because it's you know that was such a gigantic hit yeah. i guess it also coincided with sam smith becoming a thing but yeah. what ever um so that's the vibe i got from it and i really liked the song and once again you've introduced me to something because yeah. i don't know about twin Shadow, Boom. so i know the point of the must hear music podcast is to uh introduce great new music so even that's to the
2: people on even the podcast the no, sometimes we, we <laughs> definitely do that to each other so thank yeah. you yeah
3: yeah
2: anyways yeah well let, let's listen to it twin shadow turn me up, oh, can you turn me up? Could I was Twin Shadow. Uh, that is all we have this week. I want to thank Katie so much for stopping by. Absolutely, this was it super was super fun. fun to Katie. have you Yes, here, I will. Yes.
0: Can I call in sometimes? Maybe special guests. Let's <laughs> sure. do it. Yeah, let's <laughs> do
2: it. Um, Jason, thank you as always. Hey, man. Happy to be here happy to rep happy to have you this is an indie indie this was a pretty indie-centric. I usually talk about like except fifth harmony Carrie
3: underwood <laughs> yeah that's true we did yeah have a Carrie. that's true usually, katie usually i'm on the show talking about like yeah the new fifth harmony <laughs> singles awesome that's that's usually me so
2: yeah that's that nope no pop this i mean it is kind of a weird time of year i would say before we end this podcast because there's just like most of the major releases i mean really aside from nikki's album like
3: The major uh, ones have dropped. Well, Charlie's album comes out next next week. That's true, Charlie. And we'll probably talk about that because that's incredible too. Yeah. We've got the sucker.
2: The sucker punch, if you know what I'm saying. All right. It's time to leave. Yeah, that that was terrible. All right. uh, Thank you so much for joining us. If you have any recommendations, tweet them at us. We're all on Twitter. Uh, And have a lovely week.